Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 326, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And man, were we dazzled and entertained in the NFL today. And quite the experience I had, I'll tell you that, because we are going to get into whatever the hell that was that happened in Jacksonville to the Cowboys today. But I, I had to venture out today and watch the Cowboys game elsewhere because here in the great city of Birmingham, the nightmare matchup happened where the Cowboys were playing at noon and so were the Saints and the Falcons on the same channel. And as you might imagine, when the Saints and the Falcons play each other in this region of the country, both those cities are closer than Dallas or Jacksonville. So we got the Saints-Falcons game, so I had to go out to watch the game today and I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings, and I met up. You met this guy, this, this friend of mine in town who's a sports reporter for one of the television shows, Ryan Hennessy. Right. He is a big-time Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Oh, my. The one Jags fan in the entire, probably, city of Birmingham. And I went and watched the game with him today at Buffalo Wild Wings. And I got to tell you, there were a couple of times today where I looked at him and I said, well, well you know, I, th- I thought my, maybe this could be a good game. Sorry, man. And lo and behold, holy hell was I wrong. Because, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but I, 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 the way this game ended, when you are out in public, and, and I got to say, I was surprised by the amount of Cowboys fans that were at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, there was at least 15 of us. And when this thing ended on the way that it ended on that pick six, and you got one dude that I actually happen to know and am there with running around the restaurant going nuts because the Jags... <laughs> Just pulled off the improbable. I mean, it was wow. quite a, it was quite a sight. It was quite a sight. But we'll get it. I mean, what a weird weekend, a weird day in the NFL, all the way around, man. I mean, holy, the Chiefs went to overtime with Houston, who almost beat the Cowboys last week. I mean, this this whole, you know, you saw that that the ending of the Raiders Patriots game that I, I, is inexplicable. The the Bengals came down from seventeen. Then whatever the hell that was that we saw on Saturday. 33 to nothing at half the Colts <laughs> I've not like 33 to nothing at half and the Vikings come back and end up winning that game to clinch the NFC North I mean you want to talk about parody and you want to talk about it on any given Sunday or Saturday holy hell did we see that this weekend 
Dude, what do we always say, man? If people get mad about it, well, you only beat the Texans by three points. You suck. You're never going to. It's hard to win. Dude, it's just hard to win. And so, yeah, even the Chiefs, as good as they are, what did they do today? Went down to the last two or three minutes before they could beat the Texans today. Because this is a league, and the reason why you see teams go from uh, 12-4 and four to 8-8 eight and eight to 6-10 in a year span or whatever, it's because the league is all about three or four plays in a game, bro. Yeah. If you make them, you win. If you don't make them, you lose. Very few games are like blowout city. And so, um, you know, it's like today, man. If Cowboys make a couple plays, they win it. They didn't, so they lost. They lost. Yeah, they did indeed. And they lost their chance to clinch by winning, to clinch a playoff spot. But still, I mean, again, most likely they go to the playoffs. All they got to do is win. Or if Washington loses tonight, and Jacques and I are recording this before that game gets underway. So it's very well possible that you guys, by the time you were hearing this, Washington lost and the Cowboys clinched a playoff spot anyway. But we do need to tell you about our friends at Greening Law. Robert Greening and his team, the Green Team at Greening Law. If you were hurt in a car accident or if you had what happened to the Cowboys today and then things were looking rosy for you and the next thing you know, somebody peed in your cereal, then <laughs> you might want to give Greening Law a call because that's what they do. They, they handle car accident cases and malpractice cases. And when you're injured on the premises of a business, and what they do is they, they tell you, hey, you focus, go get better. Let's get your body right. Let's get your mind right. We will handle all this crap with the insurance companies and all the stuff behind the scenes. Uh, they go to bat for you against the insurance companies to, quite honestly, get you what you deservedly need and are supposed to have. No, nah, man, you know, Matt's told you he's been dealing with this thing for a minute. And so whenever you're in a situation like that, that's uh, a little complicated, a little tedious, uh, it is always, always, always great to have somebody holding your hand, standing by you, riding with you. That's what Greening Law does, man. They tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to take a short little jump, when to take a leap. But don't worry about it. We got a parachute for you. I mean, they do all that stuff. So you can focus on, as Matt said, getting your body better. And that's why you should roll with them. Besides, it don't cost nothing to pick up the phone, give them a call and say, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? It's easy to do. Consultation absolutely free. It's Robert Greening. You can give him a call at 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So the Cowboys lose in the most overtime fail of a way. 40-34. to 34, a, a team... I mean, again, and, and man, did I learn my lesson today? You're up 14 to nothing. Jacksonville's not that good, I didn't think. Dallas is looking phenomenal in the first half. I mean, they were virtually perfect in the first half. You go into halftime, it's 21 to 7, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be not a good game. And I'm telling my buddy, hey, sorry, man. Next thing you know, it's 27 to 10. And at that point, even he was like, yeah, it's just not our day. And then something happened from 27 to 10. We start to see, and, and there's two things that we have talked about. We, you know, I, I went nuts on it last week. It, it's the interceptions that have got to stop happening. They have to stop happening. And the other thing, again, you don't realize how much you needed Anthony Brown until he isn't on the field. And we, we saw that. Cowboys are up 27 to 10. What's his face? Boss man fat gets absolutely roasted and bites on a stop and go route harder than anyone in the history of the game has ever done. 
Zay Jones goes right around him. It's 59 yards, touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 27-17. Very next series, Dak Prescott goes, oh, I'm just going to force, oh, whoops. Next thing you know, they pick, they score, and then all of a sudden, just like that in the blink of an eye, you go from up 17 to a three-point game, and Jacksonville has all the momentum in this thing. Well, yeah, man, it's um, it was it was that sequence right there because it's really like a basketball run, yeah, where, where they reeled off twelve straight points with a couple dunks, and you know I see them do this in college, man. I've seen Dion do it a couple times at Jackson State. I've seen some other coaches do it. Like, no, we're gonna treat this like basketball. We're gonna take a timeout right here, regroup, get situated. But those scores happen so fast, there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, with Boss Man Fat, bro. You know, yes, you try to give him the benefit of doubt, but I, I literally, that play he made when he broke up a pass in the third down last week was really, now somebody may have seen a few others. It's really the only only play I've ever seen him make in a game that mattered at a moment that mattered uh, since he's been here. And I've seen him make some bad plays. I can tell you about several of those. And, you know, in that situation, man, you don't have to gamble for the pick to be the hero. Just let him catch the out, tackle him. Oh, you tried to get me on a double move. Ha, 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 ha. I understand down the distance and situation. I'm I'm looking for this, bro. Instead, he gets roasted. And then, uh, you know, Dak, man, it's just at that moment, at that time in the game, if you have to get sacked again or drop for a one-yard loss, well, that's okay, man. Punt the ball and make them drive again. Don't throw the pick. It was a reckless play because Dalton Schultz was, was open. But the situation with you running – trying to avoid this dude, trying to get the ball off before he gets sacked. It was a reckless play, one that you didn't have to be reckless right then because you're still in control of the game. Yeah, and, and again, it's becoming a problem because this is now 11 interceptions for Dak this season. The second one was not his fault. The pick six, I mean, that, no, I, I thought Dak actually under pressure, rolling out, you know, made a throw. His wide receiver it hits him in the arms. You got to catch that ball. And it just bounces off of Noah Brown, and the other dude catches it and, and takes it to the house. But, man... That first interception's 100% on Dak, and, and he, we, it's too many of them. We're seeing he is doing this every single game, and in this game, it's one that bit him in the ass. And this is a really weird game to me because, again, you look in the first half, and like I said, the Cowboys were virtually perfect in the first half. Now, they didn't have a ton of rushing yards, but in the first half, Dak was 15 of 16 for 137, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, he was... He was making all the throws in the first half, had, a, that, had that beautiful touchdown pass, was zipping the ball around. And then they came out in the second half, and it was really weird because they got the field goal. Then they get the pick on Trevor Lawrence, and the offense just sputters. The offense fails you because they started Let's that. See. People forget. They started that drive after the interception. They were on the Jags 42. They started it in opposition territory, and they couldn't move the ball. And then they have because, an interception. Yeah. No, you're right. Because if they score right there, and to me, yeah, then psychologically, there's just a big difference between 31-10 and 27-10. Um, plus, they've just turned the ball over. Now they've got to become an all-passing team, and you can you can go after them. And that's usually when the game gets wide open, and and you start getting even more picks, sacks, and it's a wrap. But since it was only 27 to 10, when they come back and score right away, it's 27-17. It's a ball game, and to me, that's just a big difference right there. Yeah, man, because, I mean, it was that weird little chunk in the second half there where you go, okay, you pick off Trevor Lawrence, nothing. You get four plays, seven yards field goal. Your next offensive possession, interception. Your next offensive possession is a three and out. And in the meanwhile, the defense 
which has been stout all game, already had a turnover, already had a couple of sacks on Trevor Lawrence. All of a sudden, the defense, three plays, 75 yards, touchdown for the Jags. Four plays, 39 yards, touchdown for the Jags. Eight plays, 75 yards, touchdown for the Jags. And, and then, and right then you're thinking, okay, well, so much for this game. Then the Cowboys offense comes to life again, goes down, scores to take the lead. And then you, your defense makes a play. Curse gets the hit right on Lawrence's elbow. He fumbles. Micah's right there to recover the fumble. And I'm sitting there and I go, oh my God, we won. Here come the playoffs. We clinched it. I can't believe this. Right. Then your offense goes into a shell again and gets no yards. And I don't, I, I did not like... You, to me, I would have wanted to make Jacksonville use all their timeouts. And I get you're trying to win the game. I hate that they threw a 45-yard pass deep well, down that, the sideline. That, to me, is the problem. That was ridiculous. So, that was stupid. Um, no, it was incredibly stupid. Now, we can disagree on this because I like to go win the game. I don't like to rely on nobody else. I got the ball. I got this offense that's been tops in the league since Dak returned. It's third. What was it? Third and 10? Yeah, third it was third and, and 10. Yeah, and it, yeah, Third and yeah. 10. Um, and so, but I'm not throwing a bomb. No, I've got, throw I've a got a, this is what I'm doing. It slants fine, but I've got some underneath routes designed to go to the sticks and get the first down. If nothing's there, I got my check down, go get seven yards, stay in bounds, get tackled, make them use the timeout that way. Um, but you know, don't throw a low, compl- low percentage 40 yard bomb because. You know, yeah, it's great if you win it, but the the uh, you know the the odds of you completing that pass are slow are low on a regular situation, and so, and I mean it was just jacked up, bro. It, it was, I I hated that throw. I absolutely hated that throw. And then of course Jacksonville still got one timeout left. They get the ball back, and your defense again. That's what they was just so need to make one play, I, and they couldn't. And that's what's so bizarre about this game was. The whole game, the offense is making plays, and then you start asking the – then you ask the defense, come on, guys, get a stop. Then finally they get a stop with the fumble, and, and you're telling the offense, okay, all you need is a first down. This game is over. You've won. Yeah. And then they can't do it, and then the, you ask your defense, okay, we'll make a play. And then the defense can't make the play. And that Evan Ingram play on the sideline, it was obvious to me he did get out of bounds. I thought they got the call completely right. I couldn't tell. Did you think he made the first field goal? Yeah, I think he, he hooked it in, but I think he That's did. what I thought. I thought he hooked it in, too, but, man, it was hard to tell, and they didn't show a replay of it because McCarthy had called the timeout, so it didn't matter anyway. But, you know, you go on to lose, and, and you just look at this, and I get it. Everybody and already the people that, that don't like Dak and never think he's going to win are going ballistic today, and fine. I mean, I'm not, like I said on the podcast last week, you can't throw 11 interceptions in nine games. You just can't do it. And I don't care why it's happening, but you have got to stop making those throws because eventually they're going to cost you, and today they did. But when you look at this thing, man, you know, you got to point a finger at the defense. They gave up 503 yards to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence picked them apart for 318 and four touchdowns. And I don't know how many people realize this. The Jags ran it for 7.1 yards an attempt on the ground. That's 192 yards on 27 carries rushing. Yeah, bro. Agnew Agnew beat him up. He he had like three for fifty two, including that thirty yarder. They um, it was just uh, you know, bro. It was a weird game. Um, there were several opportunities for them to put it away, and they didn't. And uh, you know, man, it cost them. When you let anybody hang around, 
you put yourself in a position for something improbable to happen. I mean, once you get into overtime, it, even then it's just like, well, damn, duh. If they take the ball down here and score, then you never touch it. Um, you know, and I, uh, you know, I thought Jacksonville might even give in, give some consideration to going for it in overtime, even though it was fourth and three. Just because, you know, we'd like the ball back. We're five and eight. Yeah. What difference does it matter if we're five and nine? I'm Doug Peterson. We've been doing pretty good. I'm not getting fired. I thought the uh, same. But they, but they punted the ball, and, uh, you know, Dallas did it for them. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man, where, where you are seeing these things consist. It, it, the, the, and we knew this was going to be a problem because Deron Bland is playing really good at the slot corner. They do not have another cornerback. Kelvin Joseph uh, is trash. And then they brought in Nashawn Wright, and – he couldn't possibly have been worse than Kelvin Joseph. I did, once they brought him in, and that was after the second touchdown where I think it was either Evan Ingram or Zay Jones or whoever it was ran right across the face of Kelvin Joseph and was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. Then they pulled Joseph out of the game and started using Nashawn Wright. But they're going to have to work on that because that is obviously a problem that any team that watches film can put that on there and go, okay, well, just throw it to whoever, throw it to wherever Bland and Trayvon Diggs aren't. Uh, let's see. We'll see how good a special teams player Kelvin Joseph is, because to me he'd be inactive next week. They they added two cornerbacks to the practice squad this week. They've had uh, I can't even remember his name because he played at Alabama and Ohio State. He was a fourth round pick. Um, and then they added the former second round pick from Clemson last week. Uh, so those guys have to work their way in and see what's up. But, uh, you know, if they have any option, Kelvin Joseph won't be starting next week. He can't start. You, 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 you can't have that guy on the field because Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown is going to – they'll have 400 yards receiving. Yeah. They will shatter the NFL record for receptions and receiving yards in a game because they're like, ah, that guy's still out there. Let's just pick him apart. And that's what they'll do. So they've, they've got to figure that out, man, and, and hopefully they'll be able to. The other thing, the offensive line today, obviously, you know, it, it, and I, I saw him on the sideline. I know he was active, but did Tyron Smith play at all? Yeah, he played. He did. Okay. Yeah, he played. I can't tell you how. Much were they wrote? Were not. they were they rotating him with Jason Peters over there on the right side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I just didn't notice when he got in the game. So because I I saw that they were leaving Tyler Smith that left, and then obviously towards the end with a couple of sacks on Dak when Jason Peters was in there. But that's a that's something that's a work in progress. It's it's a frustrating loss. I mean, there's no other way around it. This is a game to me. You you shouldn't have lost this game. There's no reason for you to have lost a game that you're up 27 to 10 halfway through the third quarter. If you want to show that you're one of the better teams in the NFC and you, you had an opportunity to make next week's game against the Eagles matter. Now it doesn't. The Eagles are going to win the division, which we pretty much thought they were going to anyway. But now the only way for it to happen is if the Eagles lose three in a row and you win three in a row. And the Eagles aren't going to lose their last three games. So the Eagles are winning the division. And we kind of already figured this, but the Cowboys now, and again, everybody has to realize because there's been, oh, the Cowboys, you know, they didn't get their chance to get into the playoffs you have to even with everything that happened today there's only san francisco clinched the west the vikings clinched the north the eagles are going to clinch the east the other thing of it is is whoever the division winner in the south is going to wind up being but as far as wild cards go the cowboys have 10 wins everybody else in the nfc has seven or fewer wins which is why if the if the commanders lose tonight then Dallas would clinch because there's not enough teams that would be able to get to seven or get to 10 wins. 
Right. So the Cowboys are going to the playoffs, whether they clinch today or whether they clinch next week. They'll be in the playoffs and they are going to go on the road to wherever the NFC South team is. And I'll tell you right now, even if it's Tampa, Tampa's horrible. Yes, they are. So, I, again, we can say what we say about this Cowboys team. They're inconsistent as hell. I'm going to agree with you, Jacques. San Francisco is a better team than the Cowboys, I think. I'm, I'm buying into that now. Philadelphia damn sure is. I don't know if Minnesota is. And so the, not. that's the thing when you look at the Cowboys, to me, even after what we saw today and the frustrations and why the hell Dak is making some of these throws and choices – and why some of these things are happening to them, I still think they're the third best team in the NFC and have an opportunity because on any given Sunday, if Dak comes out and stops giving the ball to the damn defense, this is a team that still has the pieces that can make a run. Yeah, they they do. I mean, you saw it today. You know, I'm, I'm sitting over here, and over the course of the last little bit, I've been looking at uh, these people on my Twitter timeline, and it just, I mean, dog, it's just... <laughs> it's the complete total overreaction. Uh, even our good friend Richard Duncan, uh, they could easily lose out and miss the playoffs entirely. No reason to believe they can beat the Eagles or the Titans 50-50 against Washington at Washington. I'm like, come on, man, stop. Now, maybe that'll happen, but come on, man, stop. There's, what were they, man? Didn't we just say that entering today, Philadelphia, what, was the only team that had a better record than them? Entering today. Well, technically Minnesota because they played yesterday. Yeah, okay. But entering so, the weekend. Yeah. I mean, so y'all are just tripping. I keep telling you, the NFL is hard, man. That's why well, That's why the Texans almost beat uh, the Chiefs today. <laughs> yeah, the game went to overtime. The Texans, you know, here, the Chiefs. Here, here's my boy Mike Morgan. Dallas is bad. We have been lucky to beat bad teams lately. This team will lose at Tampa Bay in the first round. Too much talent to beat as bad. What are you talking about this bad, bro? It's the uh, – so, I mean, I get it. It's the frustration of the loss, a game you ha- stop having in the past. Somebody sent me a picture of Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, stop, stop, stop living in the past, man. Jimmy been gone 30 fucking years. I love Jimmy. Brought me some great memories in the early 90s before I started covering the Cowboys. But come on, man. Yeah. And are, you still, are you still pining for your girlfriend from 30 years ago? Apparently some people are. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it's I get the frustration. I do like John tweeted in. He said, at what point as a Cowboy fan, do you reach that level of frustration with Dak like you did at Romo with Romo at quarterback? You know, it's not bad. And and I understand that. And, And I have said this many, many times. You know, when you pay your quarterback what the Cowboys are paying Dak, you can't. They He's got to be more consistent. You just have to be. You You can't make these mistakes that he is making. And he's having one or two a game every single game. You cannot consistently make those mistakes. And he knows that. He says that. And then we're not seeing any correction of that when he gets out. Like Brian tweets in, he goes, Dak is not a top 10 quarterback. He's average at best, and his best play is when he is a game manager. And what's up with this defense? They don't look elite. One and done in the playoffs is highly likely. And I'll be honest with you guys. Again, they are going to play. And this is the thing, going back to Richard's tweet, uh, uh, dude, if the Cowboys lose all three of their last, let's just say he's right and they lose all three of their last games. That still means that the Giants have to win their last three games. And if they do that, then Washington's out and Dallas clinches. So then Washington would have to win their last three games. Seattle would have to win their last three games. Detroit would have to win their last three games because those are the teams that can get just to 10 wins. 
So if any of those teams that are behind Dallas lose once, they cannot get to 10 wins and Dallas would clinch. So it's not just, well, the Cowboys are going to lose all their, their last three games and miss the playoffs. Then that means that all those other teams also have to win their last three games. Like, that's just yeah. how it works. Now, could that happen? I suppose it could, but come on. I mean, acting like it's going to, that's ridiculous. And the fact that the one and done thing in the playoffs, have any of you been watching Tampa play? They suck. They are horrible. The NFC South is, is a god-awful division. It's what the NFC East was a couple of years ago. Tampa leaves that division with a 6-8 and eight record. They're not good. So acting like, well, they're going to go on the road and get their ass kicked by Tampa. Well, I've seen nothing from Tampa that leads me to believe that. Now, you want to talk second round? If they have to go to Philly, they have to go to, you know, Minnesota. They have to go to wherever the hell, San Francisco. Okay, fine. Divisional round, I'll buy Indy on that one. But I have a hard time believing they, they lose to whoever wins the NFC South. Do you think Tampa or Carolina will print hats and T-shirts? Jesus. If they win the division. I'm just asking. I mean, think about that, man. It's <laughs> Tampa is six and eight. They are six and eight, which means their final three games, Tampa, they play the Cardinals, they play the Panthers, they play at the Falcons. There is a very good chance that we may have an eight and nine division winner in Tampa. If they go two and one in their final three games, they would be eight and nine winning the division hosting a Cowboys team that might have 10, 11, 12 wins. Yeah, that's uh, they should be able to. You would think they'd be able to win those last three. You would think so, but, man. But, with I mean, again, Carolina is sitting right there, and Carolina is going to want to win that game. You know, you look at Carolina, they play Detroit next week. Detroit's been on fire. If Detroit wins out, they can still get into the playoffs. Now, Detroit is the tricky one if it gets in the playoffs because they're on the Dan Campbell, I believe, tour. Yeah, man, they are something else. But it's you guys just have to realize that, yes, because I'm right there with you. This is an inexcusable loss. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. You want to say Dak is average at best. That's fine. You're, you're welcome to believe that Dak is the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. That, whatever. I, I disagree with you. We're not going down that rabbit hole. And then you're going to tweet at me. Well, this is why and this is why. We'll kick ass. So then that's your belief. Neither one of us is going to change each other's belief. So it's a pointless conversation to me. I just, you look at it, and again, it's the unfortunate reality of what you said earlier, man. This is the NFL. This is a league in which Chicago almost beat Philadelphia today, a league in which Houston took the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams. The Kansas City Chiefs. They were favored by 14 in that game, I think. And they went to overtime. You know, the ending of that wild-ass weird play where the Raiders take down the Patriots. Dude, have you seen that play? Yes. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? Like, what? Like, and, and I think it, it was tied, and they were going to go to overtime, and he was lateraling it like they were down by and needed a miracle touchdown. It's the first guy who lateraled it fault. I know. Like, just go down. Because he started it. <laughs> I mean, and and he, and even the second guy who who's not going to get the blame, dude. You can't throw a lateral like twenty yards off bat. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. And yeah. poor Mac Jones just got face planted. I mean, this is just it. it it's a okay, weird. Check, check this out, bro. If you're that Jacoby dude. Tomorrow morning, when you get a phone call, it says, 
uh, Coach Belichick needs to see you at uh, 8 o'clock this morning. What, what is your explanation for that play, bro? I don't think you have one. <laughs> I mean, um, what, what would it be? He, Coach, I took some edibles before the game, getting ready for my girlfriend afterwards. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought they would kick in. In, in three hours and 30 minutes, and apparently they kicked in at like three hours and 15 minutes. I mean, apparently he said after the game that he was trying to be a hero, and he thought I, he said, I thought I saw Mac Jones open. And instead, he throws it right to a Raider who runs into a touchdown, and the Raiders beat the Patriots. But, I mean, this is the NFL. That's the whole point of this conversation. I mean, people don't realize this. You, the Titans have lost four in a row, and now the Jags are, are all of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jaguars that just beat the Cowboys are in the picture for winning the AFC South. Yes. You know, everybody thinks it's their worst team because they see them and they see their flaws. You know, but when you go out and look, start looking at everybody else, or you listen to sports, or you read, you know, sports pages in other cities, man, and locals, they're all complaining about their team when they lost because football with 17 games once a week, you know, the sky is falling every time you lose. We'll never lose again every time you win. And then somebody like me who tries to live in a realistic world when it comes to that. You know, sometimes uh, I just shake my head, man, at the, at the complete and total overreaction. Of one game. Yeah, and, and so again, we'll see. It, it, and some of you may be right. You may be correct, and they'll lose, and that'll be it. And they'll go to Tampa and get stunned, and that's it. And you'll tweet at us, we were right, told you so, told you so. Or maybe we'll be right. We'll find out. But this is, I mean, you cannot convince me that there are three teams in the NFC better than this Cowboys team. <laughs> and like I said, one, Philadelphia is better. San Francisco, I believe, is better. They walloped Minnesota. Who, who am I missing in the NFC, which is what the Cowboys have to go through in the playoffs, who is it that is so drastically better than the Dallas Cowboys that you honestly think this team would not beat? And again, we've, we saw what they did against Houston. We saw what they did against Jacksonville. It's the NFL on any given Sunday. Tampa is more than capable of beating the Cowboys by putting them together. But I'm telling you, the Cowboys are a better team than Tampa Bay is. Yeah. They're better than Jacksonville. Jacksonville beat them today. Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the thing is, yes, they're better than Jacksonville. But, you know, as, as Ron Washington used to tell me all the time, it's a team that plays the best that day that wins. And, um, you know, that's, that's what has to happen. They didn't play their best today, so they lost. We always said, Doc, okay, they play their best, we play our best, who wins? We win. But, you know, you don't always play your best. Sometimes the other team plays its best. And so that's the nature of sports. That's why we love them. That's why they drive us crazy. And uh, that's why they have you screaming at your Dallas Cowboys. This is, like, y'all are insane. Do you guys realize that, Richard Jackson? <laughs> Like, do you not get this? Like, again, it's not that the, it's not just the Cowboys losing the rest of their games. Okay, fine, I'll buy it. The Cowboys lose their, their next three games. It's also the other four teams. That means Washington has to win out, which beats the Giants. And then that would mean that the Giants would have to win their last two games. Detroit would have to win their final three games. And who's the other team with seven wins that would also have to win their last three games? Seattle. So it's, it's not just about the Cowboys because they're three games ahead of everybody else. Why is this hard to understand? Like, you guys are like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys could lose the rest of their games, miss the playoffs. I could totally see that happening. So you can totally see all four of those other teams winning the rest of their games as well? 
Well, you know what it reminds me of, bro? How you pick the uh, the teams in the playoff. And you go, there's a formula that they use. And so, yeah, Ohio State will get in if they lose even to Michigan the way this and this and this plays out. And people go, no, nah, no, nah, that's not what's going to happen. You know, Alabama's going to get in there. And, and you're like, no, according to the formula, it's just not really a good chance for them to get in there unless this improbable sequence happens. And people go, no, and then it turns out that you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's what it is, dude. And again, it's whatever. Fine. Believe what you want to believe. Believe what you want to believe based on one game. But again, you look at it and you go around the NFL, which is really what you should do. And it's like all these people think, I mean, in the entire NFL right now, as we sit in the entire NFL, there are four teams with more wins than the Cowboys. Philadelphia has 13. Buffalo and Kansas City, who, oh, by the way, play in a different conference, have 11. And Minnesota has 11. That's it. Four teams in the NFL have more wins than the Cowboys do. And yet we want to sit here and act, well, this team's not making the playoff. (laughs) You don't have to believe in them. I get it. I get frustrated as hell. You know, I, I would love to jump on the magic train ride of a Super Bowl run. I don't know that I see that happening, especially with the injuries that they've had in the secondary. And they've got a hole at corner. And if Dak is going to continue just throwing interceptions every game in key situations, then yeah, they're, they're not going to last very long in the playoffs. Hard to win in this league, man. I, I give up. No, nah, don't give up, bro. I just, you know, it's like people just get so ridiculously down the negative hole for just not even justifiable fact-based reasonings. Well, some, I forget her name. Some woman hit me up. They just didn't come in prepared. They took them lightly. And I go, you probably didn't say that when they were up 27 to 10. Yeah. I mean, let alone 14, nothing. They came to play. They just got hit with a run, didn't respond. Well, they did respond at the end of the run, and then um, they ran into a fluky bad play, and they lost. And that's what can happen in overtime uh, when you let a team that's not as good as you hang around. I mean, it, it's no, no. It's interesting. I had who was it? Somebody, somebody around here, maybe one of the guys on the show or something that is not a Cowboys fan and doesn't really pay a lot of attention to the NFL. But he he brought up something the other day. He goes, man. You know what's interesting to me about Cowboys fans? He goes, and you don't really seem to be like this. And I was like, oh, okay, what is it? He goes, it just seems like it's a fan base that just attacks their own team more than any other fan base he's like that I can think of. He's like, I mean, you guys are good, right? And I was like, I think we are. He goes, yet all you hear is like people like, oh, they suck. They're not any good because the Texans almost beat them. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it is. Re- we are a weird-ass fan base. There is a vocal, and I don't know that it's the majority, but it's a large minority that is very vocal that just enjoys hating on this team. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, like the dude who sent me the uh, picture of Jimmy Johnson wearing that Apex jacket from years ago. I think it's 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 the frustration um, with, um, you know, not winning in so long, not yeah. really being relevant in so long. And so it's you know, it's kind of like you got PTSD or you got triggers or you got some kind of trauma. And today was one of those triggers that made you remember all the down times and why they haven't been able to finish the deal on several occasions, several seasons. And so I really think you need to get counseling. Man, that's actually a really damn good analogy. 
No, seriously, because I think you're right. Uh, I do think you're right because I, I say that sometimes in the heat of the moment, like today, watching the game with my friend, and I said, "Man, you know, this is this is why it's so damn hard being a Cowboys fan." Because you get so excited and you know that this team is, again, are they the best team in the NFL? I don't think they are. But they are one of, in, well, haven't played anybody. Okay, then I guess nobody in the league has played anybody either, right? The reality of it is you get 14 games into your schedule, you've played somebody. And you've beaten teams that are bad. You've beaten teams that are good. That's just how you have accumulated your wins. But when there are right. only four teams in the NFL at this point of the season that have more wins than you, you're, a, you're one of the better teams in the NFL. I don't think they're the best. Maybe they'll disprove me and make a run and blow my mind. I don't know. But it is very frustrating because you don't want another year to go by feeling like you missed out again when you have an opportunity because there's not a dominant team. And again, Philadelphia, it's hard to say that they're not when they – lead the NFL on point differential and they're 13 and one Philadelphia's a really damn good team and we'll see them next week we'll see how they match up with the Cowboys this time around but I get the frustration I really do because I am a Cowboys fan and it is loss you're exactly right it's losses like this that go you know what this is probably in the playoffs you do this and it's a one and done again and we got all excited for nothing so it's easier to lash out and be angry and come up with stupid ass scenarios than it is to try to be realistic about what's going on here it's it's just the uh, it's just a frustration, man. Uh, even if you consider the relationship, like when you have somebody, even those you know get triggered in relationships. So I mean, that's just what it is. Um, it's gonna be like that until they do something to to win and change the narrative, you know. Yeah, and and so they don't win and they lose and it's tough. And now they're ten and four when we were hoping they'd be eleven and three. You lost in a weird-ass way. I mean, never, in a, never ever did I think that this defense would give up 40 points, and they do. And that's what's so crazy is to think the Cowboys' offense scored 34 points, and it wasn't enough because this defense that at times has been an elite defense, sorry, whoever it was that said this is not an elite defense, if you don't bring it, and this is one thing, and you and I have talked about this a million times, if you don't bring your A game in the NFL, this isn't college. You, in college, you know, the Alabamas, the Ohio States of the world, they, like, they can play their B game and sometimes even their C game, even against teams in their own conference, and they can still beat them. Right, but right, right. In the NFL, if you don't bring your A game and the other team does, you'll lose. It doesn't matter who it is. This is the NFL. As you always like to say, the other guys get paid too. Trevor Lawrence is a pretty damn high draft pick that has a lot of promise and has really been playing a high level of football lately. All the money the Jags spent to try to bring in guys in the offseason and free agency, you know, this was a Jacksonville team that has started to have some success and is starting to find itself a little bit later in the year. They don't suck. This is not a, the shittiest team in the NFL. This is an average NFL team. And if you don't bring your A game, you'll lose to an average NFL team like the Cowboys did today. No, I mean, it happens. And again, we see it every week. Yeah. We see it with other, uh, you know, other teams in other cities. And we see we see it every week. This is not surprising. It's only frustrating when it happens to you. As, as I told you, man, look at Baltimore. Uh, they blew a 21-point lead and a couple of 17-point leads this year. And people are going, we're Baltimore. We play defense. Mm -hmm. How can we keep doing this? Because it's hard to win. The rules are designed to help passers. The rules, you know, with um, pass interference and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that, all of that together is why it's just hard to win, bro. It is. It's hard to keep, it's hard to keep a lead. Um, 
it's you know it's just a hard game. That's why I told you several times this year that I wasn't nitpicking the Cowboys because I don't think that there's such a team that I can, that they're so good that I can nitpick them. Now they've had teams where I was like, oh yeah, this team is probably the best in the league. So yeah, I'll nitpick this one. But this one to me is a really good team. But they're not a they're not a team where I go, oh no, they're so good that I can I can start going, oh you didn't beat this team bad and badly enough. Yeah, and so that's what it is. And we'll move our focuses forward to Christmas Eve coming up, and, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But you know, maybe maybe you just need to, to order some Bruce Biltong and make yourself feel better. Just jump online, grab a bag of Bruce Biltong. We like the sliced. There's a variety of different styles that you can get, but just go there. It's bruisebiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, bruisebiltong.com. And, and check it out, man, because it's healthy. It's a great snack. It tastes good. And it's, it's one of those things, if you like beef jerky and you have yet to try Biltong, I do think that you will end up loving Biltong and you'll start becoming a regular customer of Bruce Biltong and order it constantly. I don't think there's any doubt about it, bro. It's a fantastic snack. And y'all know, as a former fat guy, I love to snack. But here's the deal. You can snack on Bruce Biltong and there's no guilt about it, man. And here's because, you know, if you got that two-ounce pasta that we talk about all the time, it's got uh, 30 grams of protein, 230 calories. That, my friends, is a quality snack. Won't make you fat at all. Instead, all that protein will help you add some muscle. But uh, that's what I get down with. I like to slice built on, man. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you just, I mean, you put it in your mouth and you go, wow. That's the other <laughs> exactly. Yeah, make it happen, man. It's bruisebiltong.com, promo code JAM15 at checkout. You get 15% off your order every time, whether it's your first order or your 100th order. We'll get you that 15% off. Also, of course, made possible by Freeway Tire Shop, JR and his guys. And again, it's about trust, as we tell you all the time. You want to trust when you take your car to the mechanic and you drop it off. You want to trust when you pick it back up that the work has been done, that it's a fair price, and that they stand behind what they're doing. And I think the thing about it is, because I got to take my car over there tomorrow. All these trips to Jackson has got it making us, you know, some I kind bet, of little funny, funny, whiny, whirring noise. And that's what I'm going to tell JR when I take it there. It's because, man, it, it really sounds like. So, I mean, it's still driving, but, you know, just check the noise out. And here's why I'm doing this, because seriously, I trust him to diagnose what the hell is wrong with the car. And then whatever it is, be it major, be it minor, I trust him to use quality parts to fix it. And then once again, I trust him, be it major or minor, to charge me a fair price for what he tells me is wrong with it. And then finally, bro, this real talk now, no cap, I trust him to be fair, whether it's major or minor, and stand behind his, his work, which he does all the time. And that's why I ride with JR. That's why I take my cars to JR. And I'm telling you, if you find somebody who does all those things, then go ride with them. And if you don't, go five miles from downtown, right up 35 north uh, toward Denton. Uh, get off at the Commonwealth exit, go through the light, look at the right, and go pull him to JR and say, hey, your boys from Jam Session, Jacques and Matt sent me. Can you tell me what's wrong with my car? Boom. It's that easy. Or schedule an appointment online. You can request a quote. It's freewaytireshop.com. So the Cowboys move on, and we know now it's Christmas Eve. It's coming up Saturday afternoon at 3.30. It's going to be the big one. The Eagles come into Dallas for the rematch of the game that we saw. Man, you got to go all the way back. It, it seems like it was forever ago now. The last time that we saw this Eagles team, nobody knew 
really at the time, what were they? Were they five and zero? And wasn't that week six? Yeah. They, okay. Yeah, they were yeah. five and zero, coming off of a three point win over the Cardinals, and they knock off the Cowboys twenty six to seventeen to get to six and zero. Well, now they're thirteen and one. Coming off a 25 to 20 win, Jalen Hurts playing at that MVP level, level had a couple of picks today, but still threw for over 300, rushed it 17 times for 61 yards. A.J. Brown today against the Bears had nine for 181, and Devontae Smith had five for 126. Their offense is a problem, and they've got a good defense, man. And, and you, you want to believe the Cowboys can and see this is a thing with football. If Dallas goes out and beats Philadelphia at home on Sunday, then the entire narrative from that vocal minority immediately changes. All of a sudden, they're a good team. Although somebody out there be like, well, Philly, the Eagles aren't really that good. I'd look at who they've played. You know, you'll hear that from somebody. But they got it. I mean, they, they can. This is a big game, I think. I mean, if you beat the Eagles at home on Christmas Eve, I think you're sending a note to the NFL, hey, we can beat anybody. And then a lot of these people that that don't believe in the Cowboys, what do you say then? Well, the, first off, those people won't say anything other than, yeah, 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 go Cowboys. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big game because you just need to go ahead and win the game and, and prove to yourself um, that you can take care of business. Uh, because they, the Cowboys believe they're a good team. They'll, they'll come up and tell you tomorrow a thousand reasons why they lost this game and what they hope to learn from yeah. it. Uh, but still, sometimes you just need to go out and do it. They did it against Minnesota, a uh, team that everybody thought was good. Even though they were favored, it's like, oh, well, Minnesota would be a good test for them. Let's see what they do. Um, you know, So I expect them to play well. Again, here's what you got to remember. These two games that they've lost, They've played well for the majority of those games. That's how you blow 14-point fourth-quarter lead and 17-point third-quarter lead. You yeah. got off to a good start, and you played well. You just have to finish. They didn't do it in those two games, so they lost. Um, so, you know, they're, they're a good team. Uh, they'll focus. They'll be ready for uh, Philadelphia from the jump, and we'll get one of their best efforts of the season, win or lose. Yes, we will. And, and then, of course, as you know, after that, it's on to play Tennessee on Thursday night football. They play Saturday, then they play on Thursday, December 29th, which sucks because that game is at the exact same time as the Texas final game of the year in the bowl game for Texas. I was like, oh, I'll actually watch that bowl game. And now you got Cowboys and Texas on at the same time. But it'll be interesting. You know, you look at that uh, Philadelphia, then you get the Titans. The Titans have lost four in a row because everybody's like, oh, they'll lose the Titans. Titans have lost four in a row, guys. The Jaguars, remember them? They blew the Titans off the field. Now, the Titans turned it over a ton. Eagles blew them off the field. Now, they play the Texans coming up next, so you got to think they'll probably come in off of a win, and then they play Washington, and that's it. It's Philadelphia, Tennessee, Washington to close out the season. And we don't know, again, it, it's very possible by the time you're listening to this, the Cowboys have already clinched a playoff spot and all those tweets about, well, they'll lose out and miss the playoffs. You're wrong anyway. You may be wrong by the time we're already listening to this. Who knows? <laughs> That's what's so hilarious. I mean, the Giants, they could easily beat Washington tonight. Now, Washington's not some great team or anything. But it's the wonky world of the NFL. And we'll see how this, this season finishes out. Hopefully it finishes out. They're going to the playoffs. They're, just, they're going to be a playoff team. Trying to act like they're going to miss the playoffs is ridiculous. Way too much has to happen. And you have to ask way too many teams to win too many games for that to happen. Plus the Cowboys losing completely out. But some of the other things I wanted to throw out here. 
and apologies because many of you hit us up and said, what happened to the podcast last Friday? Am I missing it? Where did it go? Jacques and I, because Jacques has been traveling a lot, he was in Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. We just were unable to make the schedule work for us to record last Thursday. So there just wasn't a Friday podcast. It, it wasn't a glitch. You didn't miss anything. We just didn't have one for you. But we've got this one. And you got to keep in mind, as a note to everybody who listens, that coming up with the holidays and all that, I, I'm going to flat out be honest with you. I'm not going to record a Christmas Eve podcast. Oh, good, because I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you, it, we're not going to get together on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So you are not going to have a podcast from us immediately following the Eagles. Now, we'll get together in the middle of the week, but I'm going to be traveling. You're going to be traveling. I got a lot of moving parts myself, and those days, it's just not going to happen. You know, and then we'll, we'll see about the New Year's weekend, although it doesn't really matter since the Cowboys play on that Thursday night. We can definitely get one on that Thursday night, the 29th. But just keep that in mind that coming up, and, and I know everybody wants to talk about the Eagles game and all of that, but the fact that it is on Christmas Eve, and then the next day is Christmas Day, it's, you're just not going to get one. So we'll maybe, you know what, maybe we could do one on Monday and just drop it like, or I don't know, we'll figure it out. But you're not going to have an immediate reaction to the Eagles game coming up next weekend. So just keep that in mind. Should be able to do, I would guess we can do normal podcasts this week. Well, we'll definitely have another one on Wednesday. And then hopefully we can do one on Friday because I'm leaving to go out of town on Thursday. So we'll have to figure out our recording schedule on that. But, you know, this time of the year, much like all of you that listen, and we appreciate that very much, obviously. But, you know, we got a lot of traveling and family time and things that we got to take care of, too, which sometimes can make it difficult for us to match our schedules. But definitely not going to be doing anything because Christmas Eve, and I've mentioned this before, but Christmas Eve, my fiance's family has one of my favorite events of the year. They have a massive dirty Santa party at her relative's house and all these people come over and you hang and you just, it's people, it's just, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. So I'll be doing that after the Eagles game on Saturday. And then Sunday, I'll wake up, do Christmas morning and drive four and a half hours to Dallas to do Christmas night with my family in Dallas. Hell yeah. Sounds like a winner. That's what I'm going to be doing. So apologies for missing the podcast last week, but... We do the best we can. The other thing I wanted to bring up was, and I know that you have been busy and had a lot going on today, but did you get a chance to see the World Cup final? Dude, let me let me tell you about that. Um, I did not. And okay. I had a couple moving parts today, but here's what I did. Um, I was somewhere. I can't even. I've, I've been running all around. I was somewhere today, and I, I glanced at the TV wherever I was, and it was uh, it was 2 nil, And I go, oh, damn. Argentina's off to a hell of a start, 2 yeah. nil. Shit, I guess this thing is over with. And then I continued running my errands, and um, I got back, and I'm on Twitter, and I see, oh, Argentina celebrates uh, with PK victory. I go, they came back from 2 nil to tie it up, huh? And then I went and looked at it. I was like, oh, my God, it was 3-3? Three to three? Yeah. And Boppy and, uh, and Messi going crazy? Yeah. And here's all I can say is, and this is me, okay? I know most people can't do this, but this is me. It doesn't bother me at all. I taped the game. 
because I was like, I, I intend to watch it. I hope to watch it. But if I don't, let me make sure I tape it just in case I get caught up and I forget to tape it. So I, I had it set to tape. So I don't care that I know the score is 3-3 three to three and they won 4-2 in PKs. I'm going to go back and watch the game because it's one of the greatest World Cup games ever with two of the best players ever doing all that they could do to win. Yeah, I, I will say, because I totally, like, I, again, I'm not hard, hardcore into the World Cup. I completely forgot the final was this morning. So when I woke up this morning, I didn't start watching it until after halftime. But I thought, oh, I'll watch it because you know, I was pulling for Argentina because, and I think I've mentioned this, but I like Messi because on FIFA, when you play the video game FIFA, Messi is like badass to play with because he's super fast. Right. So when I would play against my brother, I would play as Argentina or whatever team Messi is on and because I like it. So I was literally, that's why I was pulling for Argentina. But I also I was pulling for Messi to get a cup because Argentina hadn't won it since 1986 and France just won it four years ago. So I thought that'd be cool for Argentina. And man, I got, I could not believe, you know, like you just described how France comes back and ties it. And then it looks like Argentina is going to lose and then it's a tie and then they go to PKs. And it was just, it was an incredible, incredible match. Really an incredible watch. And that's, you know, that's why I think people can get into soccer because when you see it at that elite level, level, you can really appreciate it. I mean, it was the two best players. I mean, Messi's, you know, still one of the best in the world, but Mbappe's probably moving past and we're very close to it as one of the best in the world. Um, obviously, France has done what they've done in the last few World Cups, so they're one of the best teams in the world. Argentina's got all that history. And then finally, and, and this is for me, because I'm a soccer guy, I'm going to watch it if it's one nothing. Um, but I love the fact that it was a wide-open, you know, well-played, fast-paced game with attacking soccer uh, you know, too many times you get some of the European teams, not all of them, but some of them, they want to, you know, kick back, you know, primarily Spain a lot, Italy a lot. They want to play all this defensive and don't really attack and all this boring-ass soccer. But this was teams attacking and playing the game the way it's supposed to be played, man. When they do it like that, yeah. it very often doesn't end up one nothing because people are, guess what, dude, actually trying to fucking score. Yeah. It It's... It was awesome. I highly enjoyed it. So congrats, Messi and, and Argentina or anybody who is an Argentinian fan. Argentine? What do they call them? But, Argentinian, I think. Yeah, yeah, so well, there you have it. So I thought that was cool. I highly enjoyed that. And then obviously you had the opportunity because, as I mentioned, you were in Atlanta traveling. You were at the Celebration Bowl, which for those of you who watched it, you already knew this, but I didn't catch it until the end because Alabama basketball was playing at the same time and I was watching Alabama lose to Gonzaga. But when that game got to a point where it was obvious Bama wasn't going to win, I switched over to the Celebration Bowl. And so I watched like probably the last half of the fourth quarter in overtime and all that. But man, I that what a wild ass ending that game had. No, it was a uh, it was a fantastic game, man. Um it was a, uh, but it was, you know, what happened is everything, North Carolina Central did everything an underdog does to win the game. And Jackson State did everything a favorite does to lose the game. Um, you know, primarily, if you think about it, because I was talking to my son about it today, but, excuse me, part of Jackson State's problem is, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can deny they had some focus issues with Dion going. Uh, to Colorado and, and, you know, coaching in Jackson and taking private jets to Colorado to recruit. 
and all that stuff. I don't think there's any any question there was some lack of focus. That being said, their bigger issue and the one that they were concerned about is they didn't lose very. They had some guys jump in a portal. Uh, none of them were of, you know, star quality or any of that. But what it did was it took two defensive tackles away and they lost some depth. Uh, neither one of them started, but each one of them played, you know, between probably 10 and 20 snaps a game, depending on, you know, how the game was going. Yeah. Then then they lost another defensive tackle to grades. Uh, so they still had five. And then they lost another defensive tackle uh, who had a, who had a uh, medical issue. Uh, the day before the game, and so he didn't play, and so what they were concerned about is we don't, you know, because they're like the Cowboys, they roll defensive linemen, you know, three snaps, three plays, you're out, five plays, you're out, yeah, five, pl- and so, but now they're like these guys, even though they're good, they're gonna have to play a lot more plays than we're used to, than they're used to, and so uh, that's part of the reason why they got run on. Uh, they gave it 207 yards rushing, which obviously was a season high. Because they were the number one defense in FCS football. Uh, the other thing is, and they've been fighting this all year, is uh, guys on the, and the defensive line has been a, a been a struggle for them all year in terms of getting the run fits right and playing the run the way it's supposed to be played and taking the gap that you're supposed to be gap and staying in that gap. That's been an issue for them all year uh, because it's not like they gave up so many yards, but they've given up a bunch of big runs at various times, but. Because their offense is good and their defense is 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 so, so good against the pass, a lot of times they jump up on people and you got to abandon your running game. But anyway, all of that is why they gave up so many yards rushing. The other thing is, what do what do teams that don't believe they can win do, or think that they don't have as much talent? They roll out the trick plays. So they hit them with a thirty-yard trick play. What was it? A wide receiver pass to the quarterback on the second series to set up a touchdown. Third quarter, they hit him with a fake punt for about 50 yards and set up a touchdown. Then they hit him with a uh, with the same wide receiver pass to the quarterback for a touchdown. This one was about five yards. And so they got him with the trick plays, man. And still, all of that, Jackson State still ties the game up with Travis Hunter making a fantastic catch in the back of the end zone. Think Duncanville and Galena Park North Shore, opposite, opposite corner of the end zone at the end of the game a couple years ago. Uh, but then, man, at the end, they um, they were down in overtime. They called a great play where they went heavy to the left, two tight ends and a fullback, play action pass, roll right, tight ends open in the end zone, and he dropped the pass. And uh, uh, he's a great kid. Uh, his name is Hayden Hagler, and people, as you would expect, have just been killing him on uh, social media. And... You know, there's nobody, obviously, who wanted to catch the ball more than he did. And now this is just me, dog. It's just me. And I don't expect the world to act the way I act. But if you're a professional and you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions, I mean, I don't think you should be talking about people's family and you wish they were dead and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I get why some of you assholes do that. But when you're a kid who's playing college football, you know, this ain't Division One, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is you know what we used to call one double A. All right. So most of these guys at this level, yes, they have NFL aspirations, but they really playing because they love the game. Yeah, Jackson State's a little different because Dion's there, but uh, this is a kid who transferred from Marshall. 
Um, I've talked to him several times, man. He's he's literally a great kid. This is how good a kid he is, man. Or this is what this is the kind of kid he is. When he was in high school, and I forget where he went to high school, but when he was in high school, he wanted to play for the best tight end. He was like a three-star guy. He wanted to play for the best tight end coach in the country, who he thought it was, a guy named Tim Brewster, who used to be the uh, used to be on uh, Mac Brown staff in Austin. Yeah, recruited Vince Young, helped uh, Texas on their coaching staff win the national championship. So he was sending him Twitter messages back when he was in high school asking, hey, would you take my tape? I'd love to play for you, blah, blah, blah. But he wasn't good enough to play for Tim Brewster. So he shows up on campus uh, last year. Uh, and guess who his coach is this year, bro? It's Tim Brewster. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, so um, that's kind of why I was talking to him a lot because Brewster really liked him uh, in terms of an effort guy and a try-hard guy. Um, you know, and so it's just – to me it's just disappointing that – of all the guys on the team to drop the pass, I, w- I just hated that it was him because he's such a good kid. It is unfortunate, and, and obviously the unfortunate ending to the Jackson State season, that loss, no longer undefeated, you don't win the title. So it's weird. It's the, the reaction for Dion leaving and going from an HBCU to Colorado, there's been some weird reactions, it seems like. You know, I looked it up the other day just because I was curious. That and this thing, you know, this is beauty of Twitter, as long as it's like this before it gets really uh, bad, is that it's just a great news aggregator. Yeah. And I stumbled across some story that talked about FCS coaches. How many how many coaches you think have been replaced at the FCS level already this year, bro? At the FCS level? Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd guess 20-something, like head right. coaches. Yeah. Have you heard about any of them other than Dion? <laughs> nope. And I'm not, he's not the only, like, the Sacramento State coach. They were 12 and 1. He left. Has anybody said anything about him and selling out his kids and selling his kids a dream? Nope. I mean, it's, um, you know, the thing about it is, and I did find out, I can't tell you about my project just yet publicly. Uh, I got to wait a few weeks, I think, I was told, because uh, I asked. Um, but, um, you know, man, it, there's a lot of moving parts to why he left. One part that that uh, played a very small role is, is, for the most part, is this. You know, a lot too many people are focusing on the five million. He really, you know, money for him, bro, is as much as he chooses to make in a given year. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, and this is a true story. I mean, obviously, but I was talking to one of the coaches last week. Um, and there was some ambiguity about whether he was going with Dion at that particular time. Uh, the ambiguity has since been cleared up, but I'm not talking about anybody's name since I'm talking about some personal business now. And he was saying, I don't know, man. Um, hopefully, I, hopefully I do. But um, if I don't, um, you know, I don't know if I can. I'm going to try to find another gig in coaching because I can't take care of my family on $60,000. So think about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, $60,000, everybody's got to make a living. But in the coaching profession, Matt, um, if you take $60,000 and divide it by the number of hours that dude is working, bro, that's way less than minimum wage. Yep. And, you know, it's just a fact. 
I think there's one coach on that staff making more than 100000 And so if he's gone to Colorado and he's got a budget to hire coaches that's five or six million, imagine what he can do with that. Yeah, quite a bit. And, and imagine how he can take me, who was a coach making 60000 and say, hey, here you go, here's two fifty. You good? Yes, sir, I'm good. Makes those sense. Are type, those are the types of things he cares mm-hmm. about. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why people find that so hard to believe. I, uh, maybe yeah. I, th- I think it's because they really get so caught up in the primetime persona and they get so caught up in his personal confidence and the way he lives his life that they just can't get past it. I agree. That's it. I think that's exactly what it is. But on to Colorado, and he's already flipped a couple of kids, and I know he's taken some kids from Jackson State, and they'll be working the portal. And, of course, signing day is coming up this week in high school, or excuse me, in college football, signing high school kids in this class. It opens on Wednesday. Wednesday is the first day of the signing period. It's a three-day signing period. And I had a recruiting guy on my show last week, and he said that they are expecting probably 80 to 85% of recruits will sign during this three-day period. And he, in this, I thought this was interesting. He says that they talked to a lot of these kids coming out of high school that have no idea that you can still even sign in February. <laughs> That's because they're, they're all... Um... They're all they're all focused on the early. Yeah. Get the so offer, get it and make sure you secure it. The vast, vast majority of decisions will be made by the end of this upcoming week of where these classes are going to go and that type of thing. Got a couple other things I wanted to throw out for you, but I do want to bring up Smokey John's Barbecue because keep in mind that holiday pack they are currently offering that at Smokey John's Barbecue. I know everybody as your family's coming in, you're going to be doing like I just mentioned, I got a Christmas Eve party, my family, you know, we get together on Christmas Day when we drive in on Christmas night. Smokey John's, if, if the holiday pack, it's $164.95, $164.95. You get two pounds of brisket, one slab of ribs, one whole chicken, two half gallon sides, and a gallon of tea or lemonade. All of that. I mean, that is a that is an indi- like crazy amount of meat, by the way. Two pounds yeah. of brisket, one yeah, slab of ribs. One whole chicken, two half-gallon sides, and a gallon of tea or lemonade, all for one sixty-four ninety-five. So if you want that, you need to contact Smokey John's Barbecue. Obviously, you want to do that as soon as possible with Christmas Eve and Christmas Day coming up next weekend. And if you miss out, don't fret because you can grab their barbecue rub at the HEB if you're in the DFW area at, in Frisco and Plano. The Smokey John's Barbecue Rub is on the shelves at HEB. You can grab it. You don't even have to make the drive into Dallas to grab it. Or if you're like me and you live out of state, jump on SmokeyJohns.com and you can order their sauce and their rub and they'll ship it to you wherever you are. Oh, hell yeah, man. Smokey John's is the truth, bro. I'm debating that Christmas package right now. I really am because that's a great deal. Well, if you're going to do it, you need to do it because, yeah, well, it's the holiday pack and the holidays next weekend. Yeah. No. Do it. uh, Hey, hey, Juan, if you're listening, pick up when I call. Uh, (laughs) There you go. But, uh, no, man, Smokey John's is great. And if you happen to swing through there, pick up the uh, Jam Session Bowl, man. It's got that mac and cheese and mashed potato base. Your choice of five smoked meats. We know they're all delicious. Your boy rocks with the sausage and the brisket. And then, man, they put all the toppings you find on the loaded baked potato, like chives and sour cream and butter and bacon bits. Drizzle it with that sauce. Mm. And you can act like a fat guy. 
for a day or two. That is tasty, man. And, and I'm stoked because coming into town, obviously not this week, but the next week, I'm going to have to make that trip over to, at some point, I'm just going to take everybody, hey, we're, we're going to Smokey John's, we're getting the jam session bowl. Come on, let's go. So check out Smokey John's Barbecue right there in Dallas off of Mockingbird. Also, of course, HFX Foundation Solutions making the podcast possible. Don't forget, man, all the heat that you had back last summer, all that rain that out of the blue came after the long drought, that screwed up foundations. If you have noticed cracks or sticking doors, things of that nature, or if you went through those storms last week and you walked outside, you realize, man, there's a lot of water by the house. Like, oh my God, we don't have any gutters. They can handle all this for you. HFX Foundation Solutions, a full service foundation repair company, they will do it all, including drainage issues, including gutter installations. All you got to do is give them a call, 817-770-0174. Let them check you out, man. Get yourself taken care of if you think you got a foundation issue. Dude, we call it a colonoscopy for your crib, man, because just like one for your body gives you peace of mind, one for your house gives you the same peace of mind. Trust me, if you're a homeowner, and I've been one for 21 years, you want that peace of mind. Uh, you don't want anything going wrong with your foundation. Give Aaron and his crew over there at HFX a call. Have them come out and take a look-see, man. They can't hurt anything. And if they find something, trust me, if they find it early, it costs you a hell of a lot less to fix it than if they find it late. That's exactly right. It's HFX Foundation Solutions, 817-770-0174, or online at hfxfoundation.com. High school football in the North Texas area, man, did they yeah, bring baby. some titles. Your 5A Division I champion, Alito, absolutely annihilated College Station 52-14 to to win. I think it was their eighth state title in the last 13 years in Alito. I think that's right. Something like that. South Oak Cliff, for the second consecutive year, back-to-back -back state champions, for 5A Division II as they beat Port Neches Groves 34 to 24. Duncanville and North Shore. I say, is this like the third year in a row they've met or the fourth year in a row they've met for the, the title? Four out of five. Okay, that's what it is. Duncanville this time, they were both undefeated. We both, like, if you follow high school football at all in Texas, it's like, okay, well, Duncanville, North Shore, like, can we just get to the game? And we got there. 28-21 Duncanville wins. But the big one... Conference 6A Division II. DeSoto absolutely destroys Austin Vandergrift, 42-17 DeSoto state champions. Yeah, that's, that feels good, man. You know, most of y'all know my son played at DeSoto. Uh, he graduated last year, um, had a pretty difficult personal season, although the team did pretty well. And so as they were making their run in the playoffs, you know, I'm sending them a text. I go, dude, what's up with your team? And he says, oh, I, pretty th I thought they'd be good enough to do that this year. And now you know me, man. I'm not accepting that answer. I'm yeah. like, why? He says, well, I knew the freshman and JV teams had so much talent, and I knew some of those guys were moving up. I go, y'all had talent. He goes, yeah, but they were bigger and faster than us on the JV, you know, the parts, the players that he was talking about moving up. Yeah. He said, so I knew if they added them to what we already had, we'd have a good chance to go to state this year. Because don't forget, they went four rounds deep last year. It's not like they had a, had a bad season. Uh, but now, I also talked to uh, my man Donovan Lewis today, who mm -hmm. does uh, – like I was, on a, I was a sideline broadcaster on him last year when my son was playing. Uh, my stuff, stuff with Jackson State prevented me from doing that this year. But Donovan did the uh, – 
did the the color analyst. So I called him or I texted him. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? And I told him my thought, which is they had a good quarterback last year and a guy named Matt Allen. But uh, DJ Williams, I think that's his name. I know it's DJ, uh, who's the quarterback this year. He's like uh, that guy. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that they had, they had two good running backs, like three good running backs last year. But they, they got this guy named Tiger. I forget his last I think it's DeAndre Ridner. But they called him Tiger. That dude will probably be a five-star back uh, in, when it's his time to be recruited. This yeah. is what I know about him, bro. When my dude was a junior, I had people coming up to me at DeSoto like, hey, man, if you got some free time, you need to go check out the eighth grader over at DeSoto West, I think it was. That dude's a grown-ass man. We can't wait for him to get here. And they were talking about this kid. And uh, even last year as a freshman, he, uh, he came up to the varsity like the end of the season and played some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, they, uh, so once they had a running game and a better quarterback, and then they added some guy named Trey Wisner from somewhere in Waco who's like going to Texas, which is all you need to know. Uh, that just kind of opened up their offense. They got a lot more physical on defense. And uh, if you look at the scores, and I looked at them today, I was like, wow, I think their closest game was like 20 points in the playoffs. They just Damn. destroyed people. And don't forget, Duncanville destroyed them like yeah. 42 to 17 or something like that. That is wild, man. A lot yeah. of titles, though. A lot of titles for North Texas schools. That's kind of awesome to see. Uh, uh, we For just a second, though, bro. DeSoto's great because that's my yeah. school. Um, but what they've done at South Oak Cliff is amazing. Because, you know, you can say what you will. It's primarily a black school, DeSoto, Duncanville, too, in terms of football programs. But those are suburban schools. They got a couple dollars. Like, they got a weight room that looks like it should be a weight room. Mm-hmm. You start talking about South Oak Cliff and what they've got, man, as an inner city DISD school, they don't have the scouting, the computers, the technology, any of that stuff, bro. And for them to compete against uh, all these schools, uh, suburban schools or one-town schools, uh, it's amazing to go out and win back-to-back state championships. It is, and, and, and they've done it. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's cool to see the success of some of these high schools in, in the DFW area. The other thing that I wanted to throw out as we get set to say goodnight, I guess, to everybody, kind of keep my eye on this Washington Giants game, because I think this, this is like one of the nuttiest things. All of you know, and this is like a total side thought. Everybody knows I've been playing fantasy football with essentially the same group of guys. We are in our 17th season. Correct. With, I think eight of us have been in it all 17 years. But again, even guys like Rashid and Norwood, some of the newer guys have been in it for like over a decade. But what's wild is of all the people who have ever played in the league, only four people ever have won a league championship in 17 years. Me, my buddy Nick, my friend Tim, and then my other friend Brandon. I am in a playoff game. I, I, our league, six teams get into the playoffs. And we are about to advance to the semifinals next weekend. And I can already see I'm going to win my game this week. And yet again, for the 17th consecutive year, one of us four will win because I will be playing Brandon in one semifinal and Tim will be playing Nick in the other semifinal. Wow. How about that? Like how isn't that nuts that you could play in a league and the same four guys in the course of 17 years are the same four that always win it because we've got other good players. We have other good teams. It's the weirdest thing. I think it's rigged, but hey, that's just me. It makes you wonder. 
And I keep saying for the good of the league, somebody else needs to win one of these years and nobody does. Like last year, because I didn't care. I really, I, I was like, hey man, I'll, I'll lose on purpose in my playoff game so you have a shot in the title game and maybe we can get a new champion because it was a new guy I beat in the semifinals last year who I'd never won. He goes, no, I want to see if I can, like, I want you to play your normal lineup. I was like, all right. And then I beat him. <laughs> but that's just the strangest thing. So I will be yet in the top four once again. And I think I'll have to go back and look, but in 17 years of fantasy in this league, I think I finished in the top four in 14 of the 17 years. That's not bad, but I've told you for a long time, man, organizations win. That's true. We do. We, I, like I, I put myself and my organization consistently at the top of the league. Do we always win the title? No, but we're in the damn hunt every single year. We are in that conversation. Absolutely. I can tell you that right now. You know, that's what the Cowboys are talking about. You just want to be in a conversation on a regular basis. If you do that, at some point you kick the door in and win. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'll leave it with this because A. Ray on Twitter tweeted at us. And I, I'll go with this. He goes, okay, crazy overreaction on these spaces. Talking about the Cowboys. We are not terrible, nor are we great. Every team out there has this year has glaring weaknesses. And then he goes on, I still think one of ours is the play calling. And that's fine, but he's exactly right. And I think it's nice to finally get a level-headed tweet today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Positively, it is. Yes, it's, it's very hey, nice. The, pas- the passion is what makes it go, though, man. I mean, that's yeah. why people love it. That's why people listen to us. That's why people follow the Cowboys. That's why people have a thirst for information that can't be quenched. It's, it's the passion. It is the passion, and we'll see if the passion... I, I just want this to be it would just be really, really cool to see this team have a shot in the NFC championship game, even if they don't get to a Super Bowl. You know, you keep thinking, is it going to happen one of these years? And they're going to have to go on the road and win two playoff games to make that happen. Can they do that? I don't know. As, see, so many people out there convinced. No, they can't. They're not going to. I'm not convinced that they can't, nor am I convinced that they will. I, I honestly don't know what this team will do in the playoffs. I just I don't know. Well, nobody does. But I want to know, Jacques. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to wait and play the game, man, to see how it turns out. Well, you know what I mean? Like in a sense of like if I was a Philly fan, which I'm obviously not, I would be like I'd be irritated and surprised if I'm a Philly fan and we don't at least play in the NFC title game. Right, right, right. Like, but as a Cowboy fan, I, I don't think I'd be surprised if they lost their first playoff game and I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the NFC title game. Like, I feel like this team can be either one of those things. Uh, let me see. I'd probably be surprised. Now, this is just me. I'd probably be surprised, given their seeding, if they made it to the NFC Championship game. But that doesn't mean that um, I would necessarily be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Philadelphia in the playoffs because I think they got that kind of talent. I just think it would be hard to go – Beat uh, beat Tampa Bay. Yeah. Go 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 beat Philly, and then let's try to keep it real. Then go travel to the other coast the next week and beat San Francisco. I right. think that'd be hard. Yeah, I do. Don't think it's don't think it's impossible, but I think it'd be hard. It would be very difficult to do. Have, having to go on the road and win three playoff games is a very difficult and challenging proposition. Which is why I don't think they will. But I, 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 I do think this team is going to win a playoff game. After that, I have no idea. But I do think they're going to win a playoff game. We'll see. Cowboys, Eagles, Saturday. Christmas Eve. Christmas week is here, guys. Be happy. Christmas is fun. Enjoy traveling and doing things. And 
We'll be back. Got another episode coming your way on Wednesday. We appreciate each and every one of you. We'll talk again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.